Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, here we are back at it on a Monday morning. Well, it's a Monday morning for those that listen on the radio. Well, I guess you can listen overnight on the Encore. But if you're listening on a podcast, I don't know when you listen to the podcast. Probably best if it is on Monday. But whenever it is, when you're listening to my voice, it is good to be here. Thank you so much for Joining us today, hope you had a great weekend. Email Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Thoughts, questions, feedback, opinions, adoration, and praise always accepted at that email address. So let's get right to it today. Um, and I'll had a had a some uh, issue issues maybe plural last week, so we un, uh, unexpectedly were not able to be here Thursday or. Friday, which I'll probably talk about that later in the program. But anyway, I want to start here today. There's a lot to get to, as always on a Monday. But I want to start here with something I think is is important to keep our eye out on, or our eye on, I guess I should say. This is in American Wire News um, headline, a threat to democracy, strategic leak to the New York Times, reveals Biden wants Trump prosecuted. That's right, prosecuted over January 6th. And I think this is important. There's a lot of things that are important right now. But I think as we are moving forward towards the 2022 midterm election, which, by the way, is only about seven months away. It's on November the 8th. Here we are in early April now, early April November 8th is the is the day that this is all, um, well, the, the day that we'll actually have the mid- midterm election. Some folks are quickly approaching their primary season. So all that stuff is, I mean, we are in political election season right now. And so the Democrats, more than anything else, more than anything else, I wish more people fully grasped this truth and reality. But more than anything else, what the Democrats are trying to do is stay in power. What they're trying to do is change the narrative so that when it comes election time, they give people something, some reason to go into the voting booth and actually push the button, pull the lever, however they do it in your particular state, precinct, what have you. Um, on for Democrats, and that's going to be tough because I want to. Before I get to the the story about Biden, I want to touch on this here. This was uh, at fee.org, fee.org headline about inflation. And here's what this says. This is, it's, it's just incredible to hear this, which it shouldn't be surprising. I don't want to be misunderstood here, but the. The number is just is still hard to wrap our heads around. So here's the headline. 
inflation tax, that's used in parentheses here in the title, will cost families this, um, well, it says this many thousands this year, Bloomberg analysis warns. And if you read in the article, the average U.S. House, uh, household is going to pay in inflation, inflation tax is this, which is a fair way to describe it, by the way. Inflation tax is when the government makes your money, my money, worth less, not completely worthless, although we're heading that direction, but worth less than it was the day before, the month before, the year before, what have you. Um, over time, it it has diluted the market effectively um, with with too many too many dollars. I mean, that's that's a very simplistic way of looking at it. Though I think it's it's an accurate way of looking at it. The government's monetary policies and government spending and the way that they look at the economy when the leftists are in charge leads us to have. A hidden tax, and that hidden tax is inflation. And the amount of money it's going to cost the average U.S. household. You ready for this? If you haven't seen this or heard this, I know many of you are driving into work, and I sometimes say listening to this program may in fact cause you to lean to the right. In fact, my vast team of attorneys has told me to make sure that I announce that to you more, uh, more frequently because I need to put that disclaimer in there because as you are driving your vehicle down the road, I mean, some of you may be operating heavy machinery. I just need to let you know that that is a potential, potential side effect of listening to conservative, not better talk with yours truly. So, but you might want to stop the car anyway or find a safe place here, as I tell you how much inflation is going to cost the average U.S. household this year. All right, I'll give you a second there to, to find a place to pull, to pull over. Average inflation means the average U.S. household has to spend an extra $5,200 this year. That's an average if we spread that out over 12 consecutive months, which in case a Bernie Sanders liberal has tuned in today, Democratic Socialist, there are 12 months in a year. And so what we did is I'm just playing. I love you, but you know, I have to admit Bernie is not the best in math. So you take the $5,200 for the year, you divide it by 12. You get $433 a month. That's rounded to the nearest dollar, I believe. $433 a month from the average family's budget. Now, there's a graph here on this page that shows us the bottom uh, quintile, the second bottom, you know, 20%, the third or the, the middle quintile, the top or the second, uh, you know, from 20% to 40%. Basically, if you take all income earners and break them into you know, zero to 20% where you fall on the scale, it's going to cost even people at the very bottom of the income brackets, if you will, over $2,000 this year. If you're in the upper, uh, the, the top quintile, you're going to pay a little more than ten or right at $10,000 in inflation, folks. And I say that, I, I diverted from the original story because I just wanted to, again, 
That is a huge thing. You cannot, the average American voter cannot ignore inflationary pressures. They cannot ignore it. It is there for them to see. It is there every time they go to the grocery store, every time they go to the gas pump. And there's other factors too, by the way, that are causing these things. It's not just inflation. It's also stupidity or, <laughs> folks, the, 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 the sad truth is that there are people that love to see pain and, well, difficulty unleashed on the U.S. economy because that gives them an opportunity, an opportunity, by the way, that Rahm Emanuel would say, don't let that opportunity, don't let that crisis go to waste. They see as an opportunity to remake America in their image, in what they want, which is socialism, which in some extreme cases is radical Commun- I mean, folks, there are communists. We just have to come to grips with this. I, I am not saying every Democrat's a com- uh, communist is not what I'm saying at all. In fact, rank-and-file voting Democrats, I think, have more in common with conservatives than they have with their own political party today. In fact, we're going to write a series of columns on that um, with, our, with our newsletter here. <clears throat> um, well, our conservative, not bitter column, which is going to start... Uh, we're sending that out here. Uh, the newest one will either be this week or next week. We've changed a few things with that. But anyway, I think that the average Democrat, the average Democrat voter, not the radical leftist, I'm talking about the union Democrat, the single-issue voter, the teacher who's a union member, has more in common with a conservative like those of you listening to this program who are conservatives, like me, then they have, I don't think is even a think about thinking about it. It's absolutely undeniable that they have more in common with us than they do with those who are running their own political party today. But when the leftists who are running the Democrat Party are in power, as they are now, they're the ones that are driving this economy into the ground. And the, they are, there are some folks who are smiling, who are grinning from ear to ear about this. They see this as an opportunity to engage in something like the Great Reset, as we've seen from the World Economic Forum. So we've got inflation's a mess. We've got, I mean, we've gone through this, you know, we've got open borders. In fact, I saw an article the other day that said, be ready for even a worse condition along the southern border. Um, we have Afghanistan. We have, I mean, Biden displaying weakness around the world, which absolutely was at least a factor in dealing with, well, and and as it pertains to Russia and Ukraine. I mean, it is dumpster fire after dumpster fire in this administration. It's an election year, and so, so let's get back to the article I referenced first off the top. All that is bad news for the Democrats. They know, they've seen polling, they see that they're going to get shellacked. I mean, there's Republicans out there, and Republicans had better be careful here because races come down ultimately to individual candidates winning local or statewide elections. And so they had better, they, the individual candidates, had better do their jobs and win these elections. But on paper, without thinking about individual candidates right now, there are Republicans out there saying that this this is the potentially is, is setting up for the greatest Republican landslide in I mean, I don't want to give you the years because it's it's a long a long time. I mean, even even ninety four wouldn't uh, wouldn't compete with what some people are 
are predicting. This this would be more in line with like um, you know a one hundred year weather event or something like that. Now that does not mean it's going to happen. They are just saying that it's that's what it's shaping up to to look like. So put yourself in the Democrat Party's shoes. They they know this as duplicitous as deceitful as the leadership is of the Democrat Party as downright evil some of them are I'm not I'm not throwing all of them in that bucket I know some of you will I'm not gonna do that but some of them I'm comfortable uh, putting in that bucket without mentioning names they know they're not they're not stupid now they say stupid things in fact I've got some sound bites from Kamala Harris's interview with Joy Reid my goodness I've never heard someone use as many words to say literally nothing as Kamala Harris um, did in this interview. I, the things that she says are absolutely astonishing to hear. And when you compare or think of the reality that Biden is president, that's that's saying something pretty pretty remarkable to think that Biden may actually be the one that we can actually um, make more sense of sometimes. But when you look at this and you look at the politics of where we are and you look at this leak to the New York Times, this leak to the New York Times where Biden is is saying, supposedly, behind closed doors, they don't want people to know, there's this image that's concocted in the mind of the reader that says this guy, you know, he doesn't really want to go out and announce this to the world. He's just, he just sees no other way around it. Kind of like the way that Democrats in the House of Representatives, remember when they impeached Trump the first time and they they marched over as though they were carrying a casket of a, another member of the House of Representatives or something when they carried those articles of impeachment over to the U.S. Senate. They put frowns upon their faces. They were dressed in sackcloth and ashes, and they acted like they just they had no choice. They were so saddened. Folks, they were, they were chomping at the bit. They were licking their chops over this opportunity to impeach President Trump. That's why they did it twice, by the way. And there's, of course, even more to that. But this is this is really, in a sense, impeachment 3.0, the third impeachment. And so we're supposed to believe that Biden is having this, you know, private meeting and he's just really wrestling with what to do. And Biden concludes, that, you know what, and to his inner circle, this is not political. No, 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 <laughs> not political at all. That's how this is supposed to look. And then someone just leaks it. And then Biden's over there saying, oh, I'm just trying. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to do what's right and just as it pertains to president, former President Donald J. Trump. And I, you know, I've tried to keep this quiet. Someone went out and leaked it to the New York Times. I mean, give me a break. This is all concocted and planned. For all we know, Jen Psaki, <laughs> Jen Psaki might have been involved. I don't know. I'm not accusing her. I'm just saying she's leaving the administration She's got a gig either. It sounds like MSNBC, although CNN was in the mix as well. I hope they call her show Circle Back, by the way. That'd be a perfect name for her program. Of course, no one would circle back because it's probably going to flop just like the rest of the programs on those stations. Anyway, so Biden's supposed to be meeting with his team, inner circle, just wrestling with this decision as to whether or not President Trump should be prosecuted. Folks, prosecuted over January 6th, and that's that's the story here. He's a threat to democracy, right? That's what they say. That's not my words. That's what they say. That's what Biden is supposedly out there saying. 
course, Biden probably doesn't know if he did say it. But that's, that's the, the takeaway here. The takeaway is that this is a trial balloon. They're looking, in my opinion, this is a trial balloon to see if this is going to stick, if this can be, if they can campaign, they can campaign around Trump trying to overthrow the government, insurrection January 6th of 2020. If they can somehow take that and then also along the way remove certain senators like Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz. I mean, this these are long shot things, but you have to think about it like they do, which is, hey, even if we can get some cap, uh, some well, squeeze some political capital out of this when we take it to the media and just get that negative news cycle during an election year, they'll take it. That's a victory for them, especially when inflation, as I said earlier, is going to cost the average American family $433 a month this year. These are things that are people squarely are going to blame, and they have blamed, and they should blame the Democrat Party because it wasn't like this before. It simply was not. And so this is where we are. This is, again, this is all it's supposed to look like a genuine leak. Biden's trying to keep this quiet under under wraps, trying to stay above the political fray. Give me a break. This guy's been in Washington, D.C. for 50 years. I, by the way, have been reading, or I should say listening to, since I did most of this while driving, um, Miranda Devine's book, Laptop from Hell, from Hunter Biden. And this, uh, if you haven't read it, you might want to consider doing that. In fact, I would recommend it's mine. I mean, you know that it's bad, but it's worse than you would, well, I think, than you would expect. I mean, this, this literally implicates, potentially, there's a lot of smoke here uh, as to the implications of our current president. So, lots of stuff to get to, but I wanted to, to, to wrap up this first segment by saying this is the political narrative that they're trying to set up. Trump's a threat to democracy. Um, I got some more thoughts to say about that. I'm glancing at the time here, and I better hold those till after the break as I'm long in this segment. Sit tight, my friends. Listen to Conservative Not Better Talk. Good to be back here. Be back here in just a few minutes. Welcome back, my friends. By the way, this program brought to you in part by our friends at Citizens Bank here in central Indiana, citizens-banking.com is their website. They have locations all over all over the central Indiana area. They can help you with personal, business, loans, mortgage, some other planning and so forth as well. If you're in the market looking for places to, to bank, if you're looking for auto loan, you're looking to purchase a home here in central Indiana, consider reaching out to Citizens Bank, citizens-banking.com. Be sure you uh, tell them you heard about them here on the Todd Huff Show. So let's a couple more things here before I move on from this story that Biden, the leak, the leak, oh yes, just the innocent little leak from the, uh, the inner circle that said Biden wants to see President Trump. Biden wants to see President Trump uh, prosecuted over January 6th. There's a lot to this, by the way. We hit on some of the things last segment. 
First of all, I mentioned this was a strategic leak. Second of all, nothing is going well for this administration. So ergo, let's try to change the narrative, put some bad news out there about Trump, Republicans, try to spin it, try to probably tie it to Ukraine, uh, to, to Russia, and try to make the case that, hey, Trump's the guy that empowered Putin to go into Ukraine. They're hoping, they're hoping that you don't have... Now, of course, they're wrong, but they hope that the American people – now, some won't see this, but they're hoping that they ignore the fact that the only time Russia seems to be aggressive towards Ukraine, Crimea, and so forth is when President Biden or in the past, Vice President Biden was in, was in the White House uh, or in the administration when he was there with President Barack Obama. We talked about the midterm election being just – what, seven months away? Seven months away later this week. And they want to, they want it, they're scared to death of Donald Trump. They are, they are still terrified of Donald J. Trump. You think about this. They've silenced him effectively on social media. They've, they've taken him off of Facebook. They've taken him off of Twitter. Um, Trump's gone out there and started his own social media platform. But all, all that aside, what they cannot stop, what they cannot stop is Donald Trump and his political rallies. And there were rally a rally over uh, the weekend. I think he was, I want to say Michigan. I think that's where I saw. I thought Oz was telling me something. She's pointing at the clock here. But um, I think it was Michigan. I got some sound, <laughs> some sound bites. Trump's out there saying, and he's right, by the way. He's out there saying that President Biden is waging a war on reality. Bingo for that. Science, children, and women. Of course, I, I would add, I would summarize that by simply saying Biden is engaged in a war on truth. But all those points are certainly worth mentioning. A war on reality is probably maybe just that may apply to the other uh, the, those other categories as well. So I've got I've got some sound bites there. But they want to discredit Trump because they're scared of Trump, right? You compare. You know, I've mentioned this Kamala Harris interview on Joy, uh, Joy Reid's program, and they showed footage of people on the streets welcoming Kamala Harris to, uh, I think it's Greenville, Mississippi, I believe is the town that she went to. I'm telling you, arguably the worst interview I have ever sat through. And I don't know if I want to blame Joy Reid for that or Kamala Harris or both. But it was really a pathetic, just disaster. <laughs> just this, I don't even know. There's literally nothing I could take from that conversation. And I'm going to play, time permitting, some some things from that. But they, they were showing the people outside, and, and literally I counted. You could count the people that they showed. Now, in fairness, it was one shot, but it was a video as they were driving down the road for a couple of seconds, and people were not shoulder to shoulder. I counted at, at most there were 50. I'm going to guess there were probably closer to 35 or 40. And you compare that to what Trump Trump is still doing by filling these massive, massive arenas with people. I mean, it is it is a movement. They are terrified of this because they're terrified ultimately of the American people. And they want to discredit President Trump, former President Trump, should he decide to run in 2024. And they'll do that one of two ways. First, they're going to say if they can get away with charging this uh, President Trump with 
being a threat to democracy, being involved in uh, inciting a riot or whatever they're going to try to do here to you know, overthrow the government. I mean, these are totally ridiculous. And if you remember ridiculous charges, if you remember Project Veritas even has the New York Times on record, one of their... Uh, one of their writers who covers these sorts of things saying it was, he kind of laughed at at the way that January 6th was depicted. He was kind of making fun of the journalists that over-dramatized this. And of course, there were certainly things, uh, we've gone through this, I don't want to go through it again, but certainly things that happened um, and and that that are not good. That's not to say that they were. What it is to say is that this is grossly exaggerated, that Trump staged some sort of a coup. And that's what they want you to think. That's what they want the voters to think. And they want in 2024 to be able to say, look, Trump has been charged as a felon and impeached twice. We can't seriously be talking about uh, having him be president again. Or that's just campaigning to have that message at the ready. They're, they're happy to have that. That's, that's kind of a minimum standard for them. But the other is to literally charge him and then prevent him from getting on the ballot because he did something equivalent to waging a civil war against the United States of America. I mean, that's basically what they want to do is go back to these old post-civil uh, war laws that said, hey, if you were engaged in trying to break away, you know, lead the rebellion against the United States of America, you can't run for office. And so people want to get that, you know, peg Donald Trump with that. And they'll happily take that if he can't get on the 2024 ballot. But minimally, they want the narrative to hurt Republicans in 2022 in the midterms. But then also, ultimately, Trump is who they fear. And they fear DeSantis too, by the way but not nearly to the levels that they fear President, former President Trump here. So anyway, there you go. That's what Biden wants to have Trump prosecuted over January 6th, and that's why. Quick timeouts in order. Come back. Got lots more to get to, my friends. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So I mentioned I'd been reading this this book, uh, Miranda Devine. She's a journalist. Um, book title, Laptop from Hell. This is about Hunter Biden's laptop. And it's about so, so, so much more than that. Um, it is about, it, it, is, it is connecting the dots. It is showing some evidence or um now albeit a lot of this is circumstantial i'm trying to be fair here but if you look at it we know we know now new york new york times uh, has acknowledged this now which makes one wonder is that because they're done with joe biden are they are they trying to 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 go a different direction have they accepted that do they know he's unelectable Um, do they know he's not going to run and even if he does he doesn't have a chance and then they look at kamala i mean there's just a mess of things that they're trying to to wade through here but when you um when you look at this laptop and you look at the emails you look at the text messages i mean and it's now been 
It's now been authenticated. It's now been acknowledged to be the real deal. These are messages from the son of now the president of the United States. At the time, it was for the, the, the messages were when Biden, Joe Biden, was vice president of the United States. Many of them. Some of those, some of the messages fell between uh, the end of Biden's term as vice president and uh, prior to when he ran for office. But if you look at it, and if you and, and uh, Miranda Devine has done a really good job of kind of painting the picture here. But if you look at the timeline and you look at how uh, what what Joe Biden has been involved with over time, and you look at oh man, there there are so many examples of uh, favors that you could be reasonably certain um, were called in for certain people, um, and when you connect some of these dots when you see that the things that Biden has told us, President Biden has told us about um, what he knew about his son's business dealings, and then you see him meeting with pictures, pictures of him meeting with people who Hunter Biden is communicating with on his laptop and trying to... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the simple answer is get paid to provide access to these people in other countries, which include China, which include Ukraine, to to show these folks that he can get them access to the at the time to the vice president and now to the the president. And if you look at some of the actions and money transfers that happened after that, and I, this isn't even looking at the 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 rampant drug use, the abusive be behavior, um, just the criminal. I mean, the, there's there's a, right there. I mean, I just read it today or heard it today. Evidence that would seemingly suggest that uh, Hunter Biden should be indicted for breaking the law when he filled out an application for a gun permit that. On, on that application, on said application, he put that he had not been, um, that he did not take illegal drugs, including marijuana, when literally eight days before, there's a picture on his laptop of him I, either holding or smoking um, a, a crack pipe. And you can just, there's, there's messages here. I mean, it's, it's astonishing to see. And that personal, taking the, the drug stuff, the prostitution stuff, the uh, affair, I guess. I don't know. what The the relationship, the sexual relationship he had with his brother's uh, brother, Bo, who passed away, with uh, his his widow, um, the problems he, he and his wife, they, they divorced. I mean, even without getting into that personal stuff, that's really as – that can be sad or troubling or indicative of other things that – we need to be aware of, but to me, the, the much bigger, bigger issue here is that Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, is clearly the big guy, and the big guy needed at least 10% of some of these business deals, and not only that, if you look at Hunter's messages uh, to other people in the Biden family and other friends and associates, he talked about how his dad required 
half of what he was making. Now, I'm, look, I'm just telling you what's on, what, what's, what she's uncovered here, right, in, in this book. And I just want to say all this because, you know, when Trump was in off, well, first of all, it, sh- it shouldn't matter, period. Like, we, can, we cannot have, we should all agree on this, regardless of political party, if you have a personal relationship with the president, anything like that, it shouldn't matter. We cannot have the president of the United States exchanging, you know, basically engaging in pay-to-play activities, um, engaging in those sorts of relationships. The founders, this is specifically what they did not want, right? When they didn't want people accepting titles of nobility or certain gifts and so forth. It wasn't what they tried to paint paint for us when Trump was president, which is you can't even have a business. You have to basically sell everything you own, your family can't have a business. That's not it. Unless you were using that for ill-gotten gain, personally trying to create financial gain from the office of the presidency. And there's darn <laughs> there's a lot of evidence here to suggest that that is precisely what was going on. It at least warrants um, an investigation. I mean, this is serious stuff. This isn't just. You know, I, I I hesitated even to talk about this because a lot of people, we got people that aren't conservative that listen to this. And a lot of people will start with the notion of, okay, well, when your guy's in office, he's he does bad things. When our guy's in office, he does bad things. I mean, I'm not here to say anyone's perfect. That's not the point. The point is, the point is that these things are not all equal. And an allegation is simply that. This is well beyond an allegation. There is actual evidence to suggest there may be something really, really, and I notice I said may, but there is good reason to think that there's something really, really inappropriate that's been going on for, I mean, half a century. And and she does a great job in the book of outlining some of these historical aspects. But anyway, I don't, this is not an official um, like sponsor or anything. I'm just saying, if you haven't read the book, I encourage you to maybe do that. Um, because I think I think it is important. More Americans need to to know about this. And regardless of political party, if if what appears happened actually happened, they they should never in a bazillion years be able to hold political office again, and they should face charges without. Taking, I don't even care about the political consequence. I'm just saying that cannot, that absolutely cannot happen in a country, any country, but especially here in the United States of America. This cannot be allowed to happen. So I just wanted to share that because those are some things that I had been reading a little bit more about. I'd followed a lot with the laptop, but this book's been the most eye-opening thing that I've had i guess pertaining to the overall contents of the laptop and it's even i would say i knew it was terrible before but i would say it's even worse what's on that laptop is more i think more damning to the biden family than i even first expected so quick time out my friends come back and continue our uh, conversation through the events of the day in just a moment be back here in a minute my friends. I've referenced this a couple times. I want to play just a part of this really quickly. This is Kamala Harris. 
Um, on what is it with Joy Reed? Whatever that show is called, Morning Morning Joy. Is that what it read out? I don't even know what this. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't particularly care because it's insanity. Is what it, is what it is. Nine times out of ten, anyway. But I just I want you to listen to this exchange between Kamala Harris and Joy Joy Reid. Um, I want you to listen to how much nothing, literally nothing, is being is being said here. So that being said, here is I don't know a minute and a half of Kamala talking with Joy Reid. Wonderful to be with you and wonderful to be in Greenville, Mississippi. Indeed. Uh, and uh, I'm sure you noticed as you were driving in in the motorcade, all of the children with the balloons yes. and flags yeah, all waving. Like at the side of the road. I'm not even kidding. That was wonderful. But also yeah. it does show that politicians don't come to places like this. Yeah. Is this something that you plan to keep doing? Yeah. Um, and we talked a little bit about why you're here, but... Does it say something about the brokenness of our politics that we skip non-swing states in election year? We just politicians just don't come to places like here. Here we go. Well, the reason I'm here is because mm-hmm. there are people here mm-hmm. who matter, right? Mm-hmm. And when you look at a place like Greenville, Mississippi, with a population of about thirty thousand people, she's been briefed. We're talking about families. We're talking about children. We're talking about people with aspirations and dreams well, no for joke. themselves, for their community, and they deserve to be seen and they deserve to be heard. And we cannot expect people to knock on our door to have to come to us in order for us to be responsive to their needs. So I am here. Um, because this is a community in the Mississippi Delta uh, that has a, a, a long history of, right of right being here. part of America's history, wow. Um, wow. including having the needs that, that should be met, such as access to capital for small businesses, uh-huh. such as access to high-speed Internet. Should, should they not um, have, I can't take any more of this. Should they not have had those things before <laughs> before she came? I just, folks, this is patently absurd and absolute gibberish and when i tell you the whole interview was like this i'm not really exaggerating i don't it was 10 i watched it twice yes i did and i'm feel like i brain cells died in the process but i watched this thing twice total gibberish quick timeout is in order my friends wanted to share that with you be back here in just a minute So that that interview with Joy Reid and Vice President Kamala Harris, I I may have played the most coherent parts of of the interview. Um, and when I say the rest of it sounded like that, I'm, I mean I'm really not exaggerating. We're here because people are here, and we care about people, and people make up our country and the Mississippi's history. And now she looks at Joy Reid like she's really about to level, you know, come at her with some sort of a mind-blowing philosophical argument. And she says something to the, to the effect of the history of Mississippi is the history of America. And they're part of that history. And we're here because we care about that history. And we care about these people. And I just find myself thinking, what on earth? I told, I told Oz, I feel like Kamala knows what she's saying is 
absolute nonsense. It's the nonsense the left says all the time. But she she can't sell it. She, there's something that prevents her deep down from being able to get away with saying those things with a straight face. And so I at least guess I admire her for that. I don't know. I mean, I don't because she's trying to deceive us. But anyway, folks, I got to go. Good to be back. Have a great week. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.